Here's Blake to Roy. This is for the Hello and welcome into the Backyard Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Scott, and joining me this week, as they do every week, we've got Tyler Bagenstoss, fresh off his work trip to Astoria, as well as Kyle George, fresh off the links today, I believe, firing a cool 86 over at Wildwood Golf Course. Well done, <laughs> Kyle. And joining us for the first time, a very special guest, Cam Heckman, a Blazer aficionado, one of my good buddies. Um, and unfortunately, an Atlanta Braves fan. So we're going to skew away from MLB Let's talk go. today. Yeah, I knew putting today. you two together was going to be an issue. I knew no that was going to be an issue. And they get, much, get a room. Yeah, get a room, boys. Um, as much we as I'd like to talk. Uh, going to the playoffs in October, we'll go get right. a hotel room and we will right. actually enjoy it. Fuck off. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't understand Mariners fans. I just, I'm trying to figure out who you guys hate. And I think it's just anyone who is decent. So what do you <laughs> This is our year, Cam. You just you, it's not clicking yet, but wait till the post All-Star break. We're gonna be firing on all cylinders. Ooh, baby. Maybe hey, Julio I've never heard that from before, so it's got to be true. <laughs> all right, you spoiled bitches. Um <laughs> we would talk baseball, but fellas, we're eight days away from the NBA draft. And obviously the Blazers have not made a trade for the number three overall pick, and it is at the top of everyone's mind. I think in Basically, every group chat I'm in right now with Blazers fans, it's split down the middle if you want to keep the pick or trade the pick. And so this pod, we're going to go back into our favorite topic, what the Blazers' future holds. Uh, and, and Cam, I kind of want to start with you here. I think the first thing we really need to kick this off with is your opinion on keeping the pick versus trading the pick. Where are you standing right now? Well, first things first, thanks for having me. Um, oh, it's I get envious when I hear people like you guys. You know, I'm from the east side of the state over here in Burns, so not as many Blazer fanatics around here. Um, a lot of guys that I went to college with are casual fans, you know, so I'm the guy who for the last six years rattles off trade ideas. And I happened one time, I think it was 2019, I mentioned the name Zach Collins, Gary Trent, and Rodney Hood, and on the flip side was Giannis. And I mean, obviously, obviously we all have, we all have our real, our real mess ups. And yeah. so now anytime I enter a group chat with those guys about anything Blazers, all I get is Zach Collin for Giannis and they shut it down. So, <laughs> you guys me because I, uh, my brain works like you guys do. I mean, I've listened to a few of the pods and, and I'm like, this is, these are the guys I need to be talking to. So I'd like to think you, I'd like to think you've grown since then. Uh, <laughs> obviously I've grown and it was more of a joke, but you know, they just, they just can't let it go and they don't really want to talk about it. So they just fire that off to close the conversation. To be honest, well, they the sound best, like good friends. <laughs> well, and the best part is if you sent that in our group chat, you'd get a ton of support. You'd be like, hell yeah. What a right. <laughs> like, That's even both ways. You look at Colin's potential. Money matches. Yeah. Money, money matches. matches up. It works on the trade machine. I'd do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, obviously an yeah, interesting answer your question. Um, I have thought of, I mean, like I've said, this has taken up so much of my brain space over the last, you know, even before we got the number three pick, but then after we got the number three pick, it's just like, I've thought about every scenario. I've talked myself into every scenario, out of every scenario. Um, I don't really have a firm stance at this point. <laughs> Same. <laughs> you know, I think that, I think that obviously there's a ton of value at three. And I just keep telling myself we have to trust Cronin because we have no reason not to yet. And 
whatever he's going to do, he's going to find the most value. Um, you know, I've got my favorites. Um, if we trade the pick of who I would want, and we can get into that later. Um, I've got some, I've seen some interesting returns if we want to flip Dame into something. And I'm, that really starts to make your brain spin a little bit because I think a lot of Blazers fans don't like to go down that route. Um, yeah, so I guess the, the short answer to your question is, I'm not really sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fair. I, I've been flip-flopping daily over the past month, I think. Um, but Kyle, I think you've held pretty firm on the stance that we should really, really explore trading the third pick here and giving Dame a chance. Do you want to go into a little background on why you've um, been more firm on that side? Obviously, you're open to both. I know that. We're all just wanting what's best for the franchise. But can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, I think like my idea of wanting to trade the pick is very much contingent on certain returns. It's not like I just want to trade the pick just to trade the pick. And it, like yeah. there's, it has to get, it has to be getting, you know, the names that we've floated, you know, the bridges, the the Jalen Browns, and I guess the Zions that, that just popped up here in the last couple of days. Those are the only real situations where I feel like I would feel comfortable trading that pick. I think if those aren't actually on the table or they're wanting too much in return, like more than number three in Anthony Simons, then I think I, I would backtrack and say, just keep the pick at that point, because I, I don't think you want to put yourselves in a situation where you're desperate to make a trade. You want to make the trade if it makes sense. And if, if the value on both sides is right, but if we're going to have to overpay too much, which I think giving up more than Anthony and the number three pick for like a Jalen Brown or for even a Zion at this point, just because he's not even on the court half most of the time, I think is a little too much. And so other teams may not agree with that. Fans of other teams may think that, we're the ones that are being unreasonable, but I think we know what we have and like, we're the ones holding the assets, right? Like we have the number three pick and I think we know what we have in Anthony Simons to where I don't think the Blazers should put themselves in a position to force themselves to trade it. If, if the value's not there. Yeah, absolutely. And Tyler, I know you've been uh, in the camp flip-flopping back around, but I was curious when you've heard, um, you know, the rumors kind of swirling about more so today uh, around Zion Williamson. Um, the Pelicans have been pretty clear in the past three or four days that they really want to pursue Scoot. Mm -hmm. uh, and originally, a lot of the deals were centered maybe more so around Brandon Ingram. Um, yep. But they, it, it feels like there's almost momentum flipping towards Zion Williamson being the piece that would be traded away. Uh, we all know his, his struggles to stay on the court as well as maybe some of his, I don't know if they're struggles off the court, um, but either way, how do you fall when you think of, of Zion Williamson in Portland uh, with the obviously trading away the third pick? Yeah. yeah. And um, an interesting note in that deal, right, is that we would be getting some sort of mid first round pick in return, right? Like the 14 or something. Hopefully. Right. So that is a nice, um, I guess, insurance point. Like you're still going to get a young player, even if you do take a risk on a Zion. And Have you seen 14 with Zion? I've only seen that with Ingram. Me too. Oh, 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 yeah. God. oh, okay, okay. Never mind. Um, I did not know that. That changes things. But when Zion is healthy, he is a dominant basketball player. I mean, getting to the rim at ease, playing. Um, I think they said he's only like six five, six six, but plays much bigger. Um, to me, he's very intriguing. Quite the risk. Very risky for sure. But when playing, kind of perfect fit around Dame, right? Or Am I wrong? No, right. I think no, a better I... fit, a better fit than Brandon Ingram, right? Who scores, yeah. 
nearly all of his points in the mid range, slowing the basketball down, kind of an ISO type of player. I, um, someone that I was listening to today compared him to a taller CJ McCollum and the ISO tween, tween, hezzy, hezzy mid range jumper. Granted, Brandon Ingram knockdown from the mid range, but we've kind of already seen that. I mean, my mind's all over the place. If I could, if we knew that Zion was going to, you know, was taking care of his body and really doing all the right things. Like I would, I would love that. I think he's 22. Right. I mean, that, right. and as we started um, taking notes or as I started taking notes for this podcast, you guys are going to laugh. It's so classic me, but I just started writing things down. And then my third note was, I love Dane. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> do whatever. That is I, so you. <laughs> now, what, I think that, oh, go ahead, sorry. Well, I, just real quick. I, I, I don't even know if it's the right decision, but everyone's so quick to trade Dame. I just... I, I get a little sad inside and maybe it's the statistically better option, but we have a guy in Dame who is that top 75 guy, all those accolades, the one type of player that you need that Joey sent that statistical graph earlier in the group chat. You need a star, you need an all-star, you need a top MVP caliber player. Right. And then you kind of fill it in around that. So if we go ahead and trade Dame, well, well, there's a pretty good chance Scoot, Shaden, all these young guys, and they don't even turn into that caliber of player. So I see everyone's point. I'm not even saying it's the wrong thing. I'm falling in love with Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, just like the next guy is. But Dame has given us so much, so many good memories. Like, I'm firmly on that side, and I know you guys already knew that. And, I want to make it clear I'm on that side, too. I'm with you guys. Okay, cool. So, I've but just, that's I've just peaked. I've just peaked under the curtain of the other side just <laughs> Just for shits and giggles, it's all that I do now. Yeah, for sure. And and there's and that's not like it's not wrong to do, man. I mean, Scoot, he looks great. Brandon Miller, I mean, I'm hoping, you know, in the best, I think in the my best scenario, Charlotte takes Scoot. We take Brandon Miller just because he's a bit of a better fit, and we just kind of run it back, maybe and make a couple tweaks with the roster, and hopefully Dame stays. But I don't know. That's no, right, Matt. Boys, still trade Ant. Potentially, yeah. I mean, I'd still be open to that, you know, Ant and the late pick, but I don't really know what that gets you. Um, and that's actually a, a good point. Um, before we get into that, though, I did want to ask Cam for you with Zion, because to me, the thing with Zion, uh, we all know the risk, right? He's been on the court last less than half of the games he could have been in his career, um, barely played at all last year. And the intriguing part is he's the only person so far I've heard floated that actually maybe if playing makes you a real contender like Dame and Zion together is he's the caliber of guy that can lift your team into a top two seed paired with the right pieces around him. Dame obviously being the most important and then filling out the rest of the roster. So Cam, do you think a change of scenery is enough to kind of inspire Zion to maybe increase his work ethic or uh, add a little professionalism into kind of how he's approaching his career? Yeah, so my first thing on that, one of the key notes I wrote down, and I kind of, before the Zion stuff came out, I thought of this more in an instance for Jalen Brown, and then the Ingram stuff came on, and I was like, you know, I had this thought too, but I have written down, Dame will make dudes dogs. Okay, so I thought, I think when you look at Jalen Brown in Boston, I think the team 
kind of has the vibe of Jason Tatum. And not to say he's right. not great, but he's not a Jimmy Butler. He's not a Dame Lillard. Like he's laid back. Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, when I was thinking about Brown, I was like, you get him over here, he's going to adapt the Dame mentality, you know, the, you know, I guess the, the Mamba mentality, we'll call it right. Dame mentality now. But so now when we think about Zion, I made my, my big board and I haven't shared with you guys, but you guys have all talked about it. Zion's number one on my big board now. I right. agree. It's a huge swing and it's a huge risk, but that's what we need. That's kind of like, I don't think we're going to fall flat on our faces with Zion Williamson. I mean, it could, you know, he could get here and RIP, he could be the next Caleb Swanigan, you know, going right. down that, that sort of route. But like you guys have said, if, if we get Zion, the Zion that Zion can be, that's the one name out of Bridges, Claxton, Brown, you know, Siakam, all those guys. That's the one name that really like, okay, that's something different. Yeah. I, th- I think I think I agree with that completely. And you made a good point in talking about Jalen Brown because I feel like he's shown spurts of like really kind of having that dog, like getting into people's faces, maybe being that vocal leader that he just couldn't really be being yeah. Jalen or Jason Tatum's team over there. It almost seems like he gets frustrated that he can't do that. They can't. Yes, yeah. I, I think I've gotten that vibe as well. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and Dame always empowers his guys. Not that I'm not saying that that wasn't happening, but. Dame is always telling his guys, please, if you're open, shoot, you know, like telling Ant, like, go get it at the end of the game. I, I, I would be interested to see what Brown would do here and maybe he could elevate it even more. Yeah. And then uh, other Pelican stuff I just had written down, um, you know, I, obviously Zion's number one on my list. Ingram, I mean, I don't hate the idea of Ingram. I think Ingram next to Grant is like, those are two long, skinny, not very physical guys. I don't love that. But I think if Ingram is the play that for the three pick and, and Simon say, I think you got to get a Herb Jones or Trey Murphy or one of those guys involved, which I don't know if that happens. But I don't think Ingram alone is enough. I really mm-hmm. don't. Right. I'd agree with that. I think you definitely need a little added return if that's a route you're exploring. Um, Kyle, one thing that I've I've kind of been thinking about today, and it was mentioned already by Tyler and Cam, was potentially packaging everything except the three for a piece. And then maybe you can build, you know, this is the ideal scenario, right? Is take the third pick, trade away your other assets, um, keep Dame. So you have Dame, the third pick, Sharp, and then pursuing someone like a OG or a Pascal um, with all those other assets, do you think there's any realistic possibility that that package returns enough of a player that Dame's enthused about the future going forward of the next couple of years? Or do you think that's just not going to you know, provide the return needed to grab a guy that's really going to be a difference maker? Yeah, I think the, the problem is, is that the Blazers are in a position where the only way they can really get a player of that caliber, at least in my opinion, is you have to trade away Anthony Simons to match the money because we don't have any other contracts that really warrant because Anthony's the only one making like over 20 million. Like all of our other young guys don't make enough money to get somebody in return. And so that's the, that's the issue. I I still think there's a possibility where you could maybe get an OG and an OB without having to give away three. I don't, it sounds like Toronto is really stingy and really difficult to get deals done with. So I think that's a really far-fetched and, unrealistic 
thing to think will <laughs> would happen. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I just don't. I think other teams would probably be able to offer better packages than what we would if we didn't want to include that third pick. So I, I to answer your question, I, I don't really think there's anything that we would get that would keep Dame happy. Right. I guess I guess on the optimistic side, I'm thinking you know Toronto, brand new head coach Fred Van Fleet just opted out of his deal. They were already a, a borderline play-in team, yeah. And maybe they hit the rebuild mode, and a guy like Ant is someone who is intriguing around a rebuild because he's very talented. And in Portland, when Dame's not playing, we've seen how good he can be with the ball in his hands. Maybe you could kind of get into a. It can, if you're the Raptors, you start convincing yourself, you know, that's a really yeah. good young piece to start building around. Totally. Uh, and th- hopefully that it, that could be something that happened because very I has really put them <laughs> in a bad situation, honestly, because, he, you know, he tried to basically make teams overpay for OG last year. He's now in a situation work. where he's on an expiring now. So what are teams going to offer? And now that they're losing Van Fleet, like now they have less leverage. So they're definitely in a in a not great position if you're a Toronto fan. But one thing that going back to New Orleans is there was like tr- a trade suggestion floating around of trading three for 14, Irv Jones, Trey Murphy, and then another future first from New Orleans. And that's a like, here's the thing. I'm not a, I'm not for that. It's a little enticing because you balance out the roster a little bit. But I think if you're going to give away three, it's got to be you got to be getting a star in return, right? Like we can't just give that away and then hope we can flip those other assets or something. Yeah, we don't else. know what we don't know what Herb Jones is yet. I mean, he could be that, but he's not. I mean, that's yeah, that's still like a. I shame. don't think either of those players have star like all star upside. I think they have good players. great role player all mm-hmm. upside. They already kind of are great role players. At least yeah, Trey Murphy right. kind of is. Um, well, Herb's but a yeah, great defender, but yeah, really good still, defender. I'm with you here. Well, yeah, I think also. Get a star. As the weeks have gone by since the draft lottery, the number three pick has kind of, at least in the media, like gained a little bit of value, you know, scoot and and Grant, and it's going to keep going up, right? So they're really going to squeeze all of the juice out of this pick. And if they get to the end, that's draft night, and the deal doesn't scream like great, like we're actually winning this trade, like there's a good chance we're taking the pick and sayonara Damian Lillard like I firmly believe if we take the pick either whether it be Brandon Miller or Scoot I think Dame's gone personally like I don't think he wants to stay around unless he's just like the most loyal guy in the world and it's like let's just just do it but he he has been thus far uh but I I hear you there one thing I I like to think about in those scenarios too though is I mean a guy can ask out that doesn't mean you have to deal it. Like, and Dame's not a guy I wouldn't imagine that sits out a full season just because yeah. we didn't trade him. Maybe I'm wrong there because he is, um, like you said, you know, he's very uh, headstrong in terms of his own opinions and how he views things. Mm-hmm. But there is, because in my head, if you're trading Dame, um, I was talking to Paul, one of our friends earlier, and one of the things that we were talking about is like the closer you can get towards the trade deadline, and you start getting these contenders or, or even teams that are kind of on the middle side of the playoffs, and a, a guy like Damian Lillard can change the rest of your season. season. You know, similar to a Kevin Durant, maybe not it's too the down exact level. situation with Kevin Durant last year. Right. Yeah. And so he Kevin Durant out, out. says yes, but not now. Right, exactly. And so you get something like that, I think it only increases the value the closer you can get to the trade deadline rather than in the summer when everyone's trying to kind of plot and plan their way um, 
to the to their next steps. Um, and Cam, I know you had a couple of trades for Dame that that you had brainstormed. Uh, do you want to talk about what a, maybe one or two of those is, and then we can revisit the other ones as well? I mean, yeah, they make me sad. Oh, don't be bashful. <laughs> like, I feel like I came on strong with the, I've got some trades for Dame, and it's like, I don't, I'm not in that camp. I, <laughs> it has I'm to be considered, crazy. though. Like, there's, there are, there are clear paths here that the Blazers have to pick. And it's not like we want to trade Dame, or maybe, you know, there is a portion of the fan base that I'm sure does, but it's because of the value you'd get back, not because of the person that you'd be trading. Obviously, he's the best player in franchise history, or at least all of our favorites. Um, and so, so that doesn't need to be said, but if you are seeking back that value, kind of what are the, what's a package you're looking for? Okay. Real quick, before we do that, I just want to, I had one more note written down. On yeah, the other go for way. it. I think no matter what the deal is, and I, I would be curious to hear real quick what you guys think on this, no matter what it is, whether it's Brown, whether it's Siakam, you know, say a deal gets done and we get one of those five, six guys, we're hearing those names. I still think that the key to us being a real contender is how legit Shaden Sharp actually is. Right. You know what I mean? Like if Shaden can turn into what Blazers fans want him to and think like that's almost more impactful than what we get in that deal. In my opinion. That's well, yeah. You, you need someone to step up, right? Cause if you're trading the three pick and, and I mean, you're getting rid of quality assets and players, you need someone to kind of step in there and take some of the scoring role. No, you're right. I mean, what what baby Kobe? One hundred percent. We're basically saying that this he's off limits in trades. Yeah, so right. the fact that you're saying he's off limits, you better be right because there would be no question that we would have Mikel Bridges and Nick Claxton if we sent them Anthony Simon, Shaden Sharp, and number three pick. So yeah. it's like you're basically saying, saying we're not we willing to do he's... those types of trades because of how good we think he is. Yeah, and to your point, I think saying that he's off limits doesn't mean you know he's a three four year project. I think he's off limits means no. We're in the mindset of winning now, and we think he can help us win now. So that's yeah. I hope that's true. I hope that's true. <laughs> and it is a, it's a complete gamble. I mean, he's a second-year player that's 20 years old, and we're all obviously in love with what we saw in his rookie season. And he's got all the skills and athleticism you could ever want in a in a wing um, in the NBA. But it's a great call. Like even Kobe wasn't an All-Star second season. You know, it still took a little while. And so if you're relying on being a contender next year, that has to happen. There's no way he's your sixth or seventh man and you're that good unless, you know, a miracle happens. We just won't get those kind of assets to fill out the rest of the roster. So I agree completely. It's putting a lot of faith in a 20-year-old in his second NBA season to almost be your, maybe not your second best player, but he's got to be a real uh, important cog in the machine. Top three scoring threat on the team, right? Like he's got to be your third guy third fourth guy right like that teams are like okay we got to figure out a way to stop this kid because he's part of the reason they're scoring off the bench right and that's i think a a really good point to consider as well as we're talking kind of about trades for that number three pick is dame wouldn't be the easiest guy for anyone to come in and play next to because he has the ball in his hands all the time as we want him to i mean there's a reason for that but at the same time um i think you similar to what Tyler was saying about Zion, it has to be kind of the right fit. Whereas we're talking Ingram, they're both ball stoppers. It's like, like I love the tall CJ McCollum comparison because it is, it'd be a, my turn, your turn situation, most likely. Exactly. And we've seen that that's not, 
especially with how you just watched Denver. Granted, they have the best player in the league by far, but um, well, it didn't work for the Celtics. I mean, my turn, your turn, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Like, I don't know. I just don't like that. Doesn't work a lot. But he's also not good defensively. And so, like, if you're going to get somebody who's not good defensively, like, Zion's the only one. And Zion's not bad defensively. Don't get me wrong. He's probably not. He's not, like, an elite all-defensive player. But he's going to be able to hold his own. But he's – but he's such a – but to Connor's point, he's the complement to Dane that's so perfect that you don't really care about that. Where it's like, you know, Mikel Bridges, Jalen Brown, like, those guys are at least two-way players that can play well defensively. Siakam, another one that's pretty good defensively. Um, so like, I agree, you kind of have to get somebody, at least in my opinion, that is going to make us to where we're not 28th or 29th best in the league in de- or worst in the league in defense. Cause we have been that the last four seasons, 28th best. like, I don't think angry. Yeah. No, yeah, 28th best. Like, it is that's true. That's my positive blazer mindset right there. We're the 28th best. <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's a great point. And, and I think that's, uh, I, I want to go back to that shade and sharp point because I think it was an interesting fact that they made him untouchable. Um, to me, that almost signifies, despite what Cronin's saying, hey, we want to work with Dame and whatnot, that they might take the pick um, because that's that's the youth movement, right? And as we just stated, you know, they're much smarter than we are in terms of these projections and whatnot. They can't expect him to be a 22-point-per-game scorer next season alongside Dame and alongside what other assets we get. Um, and so to me, that almost signifies, hey, we're going to tell the media we're working with Dame, but really we're keeping our asset, our main asset here for the long-term future. Um, Tyler, in, in that scenario, um, or in our current scenario, if we take that pick, do you think Dame would, I know you said, do you think it's Sayonara, but do you think there's any part of him that would see the value in kind of two young studs as he's kind of progressing through his career? Or do you think it's a no tolerance? I think he definitely sees the value. Like he sees it like we do, you know, but he knows that winning wouldn't come soon. Right. Right. Because how often are these first year rookies like game changing players, you know, where they're coming in and immediately impacting the game. Um, He no doubt sees the value, but I just, I could maybe see more Brandon Miller just being position of need. But if you draft Scoot, it's like, okay, you got Dame and Scoop and Scoot and Shaden. Like, where are all the minutes going to come from? You know, like Dame plays 35 a game. Ant starting, he plays 32. Then you got Shaden and Scoot. Like, that just don't make sense. So somewhat you're 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 log jammed there. Um, maybe if you're able to deal Ant and a couple other pieces, and then you're left with Dame scoot and Shaden, and you get some sort of forward or og for the which i don't even know if it's possible i i, I think it's i don't think he sees it i i don't think he's willing to wait he's like dude i've been here for 10 years get me someone and a team that i can win with because neil o'shea screwed me for the past 10 years with aaron aflalo and all these other patch jobs yeah and, and that's a great point i mean he's putting his foot down like and he has the right to do so like it it seems like to fans like oh he's gonna Screw us, right? Because he's like, trade the three pick. But a smart team probably would take the three pick, you know, get younger. But he's putting his foot down saying, get me a team that I can at least have a shot with. So, well, And not to mention that they, the Blazers basically tanked the last two years for this exact two. reason. 
to get to trade this pick to, to to build around Dame. Like when Cronin took over as GM, that's what he said they were doing, and that's to be fair that they've executed upon that. And I heard I can't remember where I heard this, but someone was saying like, if we if we got seventh in the lottery this year, where which was statistically the most likely pick, we that was the pick we'd most likely get. People, we wouldn't even be having this conversation, right? Be like last year, back we're trading not. the pick, no one would care. Right. But because we happen to fall into the top four and get the three pick, now everyone's all of a sudden changed their opinion. So it is a little funny how that kind of works. Granted, it's a lot better of an asset. So I guess I understand where that comes from. But to build off Tyler's point, like if you draft Scoot Henderson, say he's the one that falls to three, there, in my opinion, there is no world where Damian Lillard is like, yeah, I'll like we'll see how this works, and and it's like he plays the same position as Dame. And right. You already have Ant and Shaden. Like, there's just no like. To me, you're lying to yourself if you think Dame is going to be willing to stay long term with the Blazers if they do. That. That's why I said maybe Brandon Miller because he's a small yeah, forward. Maybe. Even then, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think and, so. And so that brings up an interesting point, Cam. Is you know, so far I think early in the process it sounded like, hey, Charlotte wants Brandon Miller. They are taking Brandon Miller over the past like couple days. The NBA mock drafts are really picking up a lot of steam towards Scoot going number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so does that change your perspective on the third pick if it's Brandon Miller instead of Scoot? I think the whole Brandon Miller thing for so long, I mean, it's you know, we hear it all the time. This is smokescreen season. No one knows what to believe. You know, why this, right. why that? But I keep thinking if they are, and maybe they are dead, they, maybe they were set on Miller but why would they publicly advertise that? You know, why, why are you showing your hand at all? If you're Charlotte, like you have right. all you have, you have the keys to this entire draft. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you showing your cards at all? Um, my thought on it is I think if Miller goes to, I think there's more demand. I think more teams look at scoop and say, that dude is the next Damian Lillard type guy. Like, I think if Scoot falls to us at three, I think it's going to be an insane five minutes on the clock. Like, I think from what I'm hearing, it sounds like New Orleans is going to get desperate, you know? Right. I think There's going to be other really, teams. Yeah, I think we're going to test Brooklyn. Like, you know, Brooklyn's, they just piss me off. Like, they're just driving me insane with what yeah. they're saying. <laughs> it's like, okay, three, you know, Scoot Henderson's here at three. You really, as firm as you are, you're not going to give up Bridges and you're not going to include Claxton, you know, because, I mean, that, that's number two on my list, by the way. Zion is number one and two is if somehow we can get Bridges and Claxton. I agree with yes. that. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I, it might just be me, but Claxton, I just like drool over that guy. He's <laughs> – yeah. yeah. Even if it wasn't Claxton and it was like Finney Smith or Camp, Camp Johnson, like another one of those good role players. Like to me, that would be – I that'd be my number one on my big board just because of defensive. Like Zion yeah. – yeah, he's the best talent, no doubt, but he doesn't stay on the floor. So, like, that risk would make it fall to number two for me, where it's like Bridges, like, what have we needed <laughs> for five years? A good on-ball defender, and he's shown he can be a two-way scorer. Now it's like, oh, my God, Bridges is, like, exactly what the Blazers have been just drooling over for, for so long. I, I want him so badly. And then if we could include Claxton and somehow get them to just, like, magically take Nurk off our hands. Oh my gosh. Cronin <laughs> yeah. would be a genius. Much, <laughs> um, that, that does bring up a good point as well. You know, a lot of what I've been hearing throughout the Blazer rumor mill, it's, and, and really the NBA is almost like uh, the reason there's so much hype around Scoot is if Wemmin Diablo wasn't in this draft, there's a good chance he's a first pick, you know, mm-hmm. 
And so does that potential scare uh, you guys? And Ty, we'll start with you. Or is there the, it, do you have in the back of your mind, you know, there's also a chance he ends up being a average guard or an all-star, you know, there's no guarantees in the NBA draft. We all know that. A hundred percent. And I don't know how to project this, you know, I, of course he, not, but yes. And what you do course, have is Dame, who's a top 75 player of all time. That is what so we I know, guess, Connor. That right. is what we know. So that's and, what I'm asking you is like what you know versus what you can project. How do you, how do you kind of put a price on that? Personally? I mean, what I know is that I love Damian Lillard and he's yep, here right now. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the rumor about, you know, oh, if Wembenyana wasn't in this and Scoot's the number one pick, that only helps us, right? You know, drive up his price and value of what people are thinking of him. Um it doesn't it, it scares the living hell out of me we get the Blazers get this wrong every single time I mean Greg Bowie Greg Odin you know like it Greg Bowie sorry shout out Greg Bowie Sam Bowie <laughs> um it, it scares the the shit out of me and that's why I, I think more some of our group is like take the pick don't screw this up don't be stupid I, I know Jack said don't be dumb take scoot okay great well we have what scoot hopes to be in his in a in the the best case scenario in Damian Lillard and a guy who can shoot the living hell out of the ball who Scoot has yet to I wouldn't watch Scoot highlights more of a Westbrook every single one it was it was a slam dunk which was amazing I was like that would be so sick to have but I never saw him shot the shoot the ball not saying he can't develop that all I'm saying is Dame came into the league with a jumper and that like shooting is a separator in the league and and just the clutch ability I, I think what we have in Damian Lillard is so good that you almost just have to take that in my opinion that's not i'm not saying it's right take the shot go and also just choose a path like this middleman bullshit that we're doing young guys old guys this has to be it like with the three pick trade dame or or take the pick and go our separate ways and let's commit one way or the other so that we can pull just rip the band-aid off do it one way or the other yeah is it too pessimistic too to think like Say you take Scoot at three. We already have Shaden Sharp. How, what are the chances that both of them are the same as Dame and all of a sudden like want to stay loyal to Portland for their entire career? Is yeah, that like not, too? Not, not is good. that too much of a Blazer opinion to like be worried about that? Because it's like even if you take Scoot, what if we have him for three or four years and then when it's time for his rookie extension to come up and he needs that contract, he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. It's like, then you have to trade him, and then you're in a position where it's like, oh, now how are we like what are we going to be able to get back for him? You know what I mean? It's I don't know. I get scared about that stuff. Maybe I think about that a lot with with the Odin and Durant draft because everyone's like, oh, my gosh, they passed on Durant, which obviously, yeah, we kick ourselves. We passed on Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant's been on like six different teams. So it's like, sure, we passed on him, but it's like it's not like we would have had him for four years, five years. Let me let me play devil's advocate on that one a little bit, because when you draft a rookie, you are signing up for basically eight years of contract control. And so, you know, there hasn't been a rookie yet that has turned down their rookie extension um, of that caliber. And so you're getting four years plus four more um, contractually. There's always, you know, asking out that sort of a deal. Um, But what it does do is reset your future. And so, Cam, I kind of want to explore that road a little bit. If you're, you know, kind of if you're if you're trading the number three pick, how do you value the fact that, you know, we are mortgaging our future in terms of we're talking four or five years down the road, potentially rebuilding and delaying that versus being a contender. Now, um, if contender is even the appropriate word, you know, you'd need quite the package to get even to that level with the likes of Denver and 
um, in the West. But how do you feel about the idea, you know, that you would be postponing a rebuild for potentially seasons where you're the four, five, six seed? Um, and just playing a scenario here, it can always go different ways. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm like a lot of Portland fans. I don't care about that as long as we got Damian Lillard. Like, I, I really don't care. It, I, like you guys have said, a smart person, a smart team would do this, would do this. I don't think there's, I don't know, and I could be wrong. I don't think that Scoot, I don't think Shaden, I don't think any of these potential young guys have a very good chance to turn into what Damian Lillard is. And maybe I it's completely only agree with that. Window. Yeah, maybe it's only a three to four year window, but my God, it's going to be the funnest three to four window, three to four year window. And we have earned it. Like this franchise has earned it. The shit we have gone through, like I want that. I don't care if it's a rebuild. I don't care if we suck for seven years after. Give us, give me a chance to be a four seed and go in and make some noise. I and think, that's- I, sorry to cut you off, but I think if anyone's on team, trade the pick you're kind of of the understanding that here in about three to four years we're going to be shitty for about another five right and then maybe another five after that we'll get good again <laughs> right and that's that's the risk and, here, and i'm right? willing to do that me for what dame has done for us yep me too. right and kyle you know a point you mentioned earlier today was that damian lillard hasn't played you know with really a significant second talent um outside of cj which you know call that a second talent you know is he never an all-star undersized exactly (laughs) and so can you talk a little bit about that because i do think it fits with what cam said there about hey it it, it, we may not win the championship but it'll be the most fun three to four years we've had with damian lillard i mean outside of the western conference finals team but even even that team that was very we always knew that yeah, you, you knew that wasn't a contender, but that was really fun. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, super fun. No, I and I, Connor, I think that's a good, good thing you brought that up because it's something I did want to I want to mention on this podcast is that like to for those that are saying that if we traded three and we got one of these other stars that it doesn't make us an immediate contender, I I think that's a a really that's a rushed conclusion because like when you really think about it, it's like we made a Western Conference Finals with CJ McCollum as the number two. Alfred Camino, Mo Harquis, and Ennis Cantor is our starting lineup. Now, the league's different, right? Teams are different. I get that. And that's a fair argument. But at the same time, we just saw the eight seed in the Eastern Conference make the NBA Finals. So I think to assume that we wouldn't be a contender if you were able to get a Jalen Brown, Mikel Bridges, that type of player, I think is a ridiculous statement because you have no idea what that. Dame just had his best season of his career. He's getting the next, I guess, the best number two option he would ever have. And I still have a firm stance. Connor and I talked about this on the golf course the other day that I still think Jeremy Grant is a top three, number three option in the league. Our, I, I, the only person I could think of that is for sure number one is Michael Porter Jr. And even then, it's he like, stunk. okay. Yeah. It was Aaron Gordon, he, right? he, he's, he's inconsistent too. So it's like, I, I would still say Michael Porter Jr. is better number three, but I'm not going to sit here and say like he's so much better to where I'm going to downplay Jeremy Grant as a number three option. I think I, if you really look at all the other teams, I think he might be the next best number three option in the league. So that I think that is something that doesn't get talked about enough in that we could be an actual contender if you land one of those one of those star players that we've talked about. Well, and going off of that, I from everything Cronin's saying and everything you know, everything you read, 
I don't think if they pull off one of these moves or one of these big names, I still don't think they're satisfied. I don't think they're going to be like, oh, yep, we did our work. There's going to be more moves to come. There's going to be, I mean, just as important as shade in developing, I think you got to get some real good veteran veteran minimum contracts in there. You know, that's probably just as valuable as as trading for one of these big names. So I agree with you. I don't think people that say, oh, we won't be a contender, like pump the brakes. Let's see what else kind of develops. And landing that star would be the first domino, right? Because once you get that other star and other players, all those role players, veterans around the league are like, oh, shoot. Like that now there's three really good players in Portland here. Like if I go there, like I could be the person that kind of takes them over the hump. You land at one or two of those guys. Yeah. Like Bruce Brown. Exactly. Like I completely agree with that point. And I I don't think they would be done. You still have your full MLE. That could be one or two players. We also have a trade exception for 8.3 million. That's on the table. So there are, there are a couple more moves. Um, Obviously free agency has never been super kind to us, but we've also, to your guys's point, we haven't had um, a team that's very attractive to really want to sign with, most likely, um, in a lot of years. I don't think. Yeah, you know, Dan ever got some side conversations going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he'll, he's reaching out. He's recruiting. Uh, but one thing I'm curious about, you know, on the flip side of things, because I think currently right now I'm, I'm actually on kind of the keep the pick side, but you guys are making very strong points and I flip flop daily. It's 50, uh, 50 at this point on, yeah. on it. Like, right. It really and, is. And so one thing that, that has been talked about um, quite a bit as well is the fact, and it actually kind of goes into your point, Kyle here, of how hard it is to get a top three pick. It's not like you can just tank and guarantee it anymore. I mean, we saw what happened to Detroit this year. They had the best odds and they ended at five. And really after the third pick, I think a lot of people see this draft starting to go downhill pretty rapidly. And of course, there's always going to be players we're wrong about. It's never going exactly how we all think. Um, but I guess, Cam and your, or Ty, I'll go to you on this one. On your side of things, you know, say we, we trade the pick and then you're mm-hmm. delayed. And you, like you said, we're going to be really bad for four or five years. Does it worry you the fact that, well, now Shaden's 26 or 25. Mm-hmm. Um, so still a really good piece, but you have to suffer through a lot of years in hopes of getting that top pick um, and it being kind of a revolutionary draft like this one in the top three has been called so far. Really, really pulled by Wembenyama, let's be honest. I think yeah. if he's not a part of it, that the view on the draft changes significantly. But um, what are your thoughts kind of around that risk? You know, like, hey, now's your time to get that youth stud that is available. And that might not be guaranteed in the future either. Yeah. And, and especially because I listened to some Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, and they were saying that the word around next year's draft is it's like one of the weakest they've had in like the past 10 years. So like you said, nothing, none of this is guaranteed and it's hard to get a top three pick, meaning that this top three pick should be worth a lot, right? Which favors us. And it, say we end up drafting, drafting Scoot and we keep um, Ant, Scoot and Shaden. I mean, that's a hell of a start to some sort of rebuild, right? You know, clearly we got to take care of the forward position, you know, but those are three electric players. And really you're just banking on one rising to a level above the rest, right? Really being some sort of, maybe Scoot becomes the best shot creator for others in the league, you know, or Shaden's jumper really elevates and he's being able to ISO guys and put a um, game winning jumpers. Um, I don't think anyone or any Blazer fans like 
that's a shitty rebuild because that seems to be fun. Like I would be intri- like I know it would suck, but I would watch a ton of games because it'd be exciting. It, it would be super fun and exciting to do. And yeah. a lot of you know you can compare it to like what the Thunder have done. Like they just went and traded with the Nuggets in the before last game to get a 2029 first round pick. Like they just keep getting picks. But right at what point? Like the Thunder lost in the playing game, right? And everyone's kind of applauding them, but they haven't done jack and that's still yet to be seen. Like in these next couple of years, you know, they got check coming back and another pick in the top 10, I'm assuming this year, maybe multiple in the first round. It's really yet to see like how that model turns out, you know, maybe they can in the next couple of years, make it to the Western conference finals, make it to a um, championship run. But I forget what the question was, but I no, say- I mean- <laughs> No, I, I get what you're saying, and we can roll with with kind of where you're going yeah, go. with that. I think that's, you know, where it's fearful is if you take, for me, if you take Scoot now, mm-hmm. you're so far advanced to me in what a rebuild is. You're yeah. not starting with one guy or, you know, even Oklahoma City, they found uh, Jalen Williams this year who ended up being a stud. But really, they, had, they had Shea. You know, Shea was the guy that was like, yeah. okay, we've got one guy. And Giddy, sorry, Giddy was great too, uh, is great. Um, but it's like, we've got Shea. Well, in our side, we're almost, if you pick Scoot, assuming he's going to perform the way people think he's going to perform, you're kind of, you don't have a Shea level guy yet at all, but you do have three really, really good prospects already on your roster. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of accelerating that rebuild. Um, Kyle, I know we've talked in the past a little bit, like rebuilds aren't a guarantee though either. And so is that something that you're weighing into kind of the trade, the pick mentality is like, Hey, we have a top 75 player now of all time, take your shots while you have them. Um, and then just kind of kick the can down the road and see what, see what happens, you know, but like when it's time to rebuild, just start from scratch and go from there. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think the, the fear of the rebuild not working out is the reason why I want to trade the pick. I, I agree that I think re, like there's excitement in the rebuild phase. You lose a lot, but there's still you know things to watch, and it's still fun. Um, I think my motivation behind trading the pick is that I, I personally think that if we land a star, we're a lot closer to contention than people give us credit for. And so and that's my main motivation. It's to get Dane that opportunity because back to the – you know, the, the topic we were just on is that I think if you do get him another star, like the guys we've mentioned, I think we're closer to contention than people realize. And so, you know, that's my main motivation. I still think I, I agree with exactly Tyler said, it could be fun to do a rebuild. And I agree with you, Connor, that we would have an accelerated start for sure. And I do think there's a good chance of one of those three guys getting to that SGA level. Um, but yeah, I also just love Dame, so <laughs> right. I give that chance. <laughs> Connor, can I go with one of my? I think this is a perfect time. Yep, about absolutely. I was going to lead lead you right into that, actually. So you read my mind. Yeah, this is just focus here, and I'll I'll kind of help because it's a lot to process. <laughs> I don't know who makes these. Like, I think this was on like fan sided or you know, you know, one of those sites that we all find. Oh, ourselves we all on. Yeah. Yeah. At 1 I don't know who the hell saying it, but I'm on the yeah. like, oh, you've got a blog. I have to believe you. Yeah. <laughs> this guy so knows check this one out. Check this one out. And keep in mind, this is trading Dame. This is keeping the number three pick. So everything that you hear we would get, keep in mind the three pick is still there. Okay. Orlando Magic received Damian Lillard. Portland Trailblazers received Jalen Suggs, the number six overall pick in the 20, 
2023 draft, the number 11 20 pick in the number in the 2023 draft, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac. Like, Jeez. we would we would be picking three, six, and eleven. We would and add twenty-five, Suggs, which, whatever. Um, and we are going to get Scoot or Miller at three. We still have Simons. We still have Sharp. Jonathan Isaac, I mean, that dude, you know, I think we've all had pipe dreams about what he could be. Yeah. <laughs> I think the third add, add on a injury, few, Add actual. on a couple future first, and, you know, it's definitely a good a good package, I think. I think there give me one, give me one on, on the tail end of that in this, in this high-profile article. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean – and that's a great point. I think that's what we're really talking about here too is, you know, if you are deciding to go the rebuild route, you're looking at something like that where, you know, most teams are starting like even San Antonio these last couple of years, they really haven't had any assets to start their rebuild. And then they just hit the whole, you know, the biggest lottery there's been since LeBron James rig. Um, the biggest international fan base gets the biggest international prospect of it all time. Pisses me off. But he's a bust, right, Colin? He is a bust. I mean, he's an absolute bust. Too skinny. He scored eight points in their finals game uh, oh. yesterday or two days ago. So I don't he's know. That's against the French league. Yeah. Well, he gets bullied. He gets absolutely bullied, and he's going to get <laughs> run in the NBA. That's a fact. Um, anyway, but going along with that, Kyle, uh, when you kind of consider that side of things you know, how accelerated could be in Cam's trade here. Does that move the needle a bit more? Is that kind of the return you're looking for? Or are you looking more like not to cash in this draft? Keep the three, obviously, that would be part of this. But are you looking at more assets right now? Or are you looking, hey, I want as many future firsts as I can get more the Oklahoma City route of stacking? Yeah, I I mean – to the whoever brought it up about this draft being a really good draft, like that would be exciting for that exact reason. Cause I do think, you know, like people get focused on the top three guys in this draft, but when you kind of get into like mid first round, like there are definitely some enticing players that you see that could easily end up being really good players in this draft. And I know we probably say that every year, but for some reason, I feel like this year in particular, there's a lot of those types of players. Um, so to me, it's not really about like when they would come. Like it would obviously be exciting to get them like now, I guess, rather than later, right? Because to your point, you're just accelerating it. Um, yeah, because it does seem like OKC has a lot of like, you know, 2026, 2027 right. to 2029 type picks, which could work out. So I guess to answer your question, I would rather have them now, right? Because that just means yeah. you're starting it sooner. <laughs> right. And and, and Ty, so good. Go Zach. Yeah, that was a disappointing year. Well, uh, also, we're going to be trading Dame to a team that he wants to go to, right? I mean, yeah, we're probably going yeah, to allow exactly. him That's to. I, I know you're just, it's a thought practice here. But then also, in like in a recent interview that he did, it's like, okay, he even brought up the point you trade me to the Heat, you know, that's what everyone's talking about. Well, A, do they have the right amount of assets for it? And B, what's left on the team once I'm traded there? Or is everything stripped down? Is it just me, Jimmy, and Bam, and then plug and play with the rest, you know? That's kind Pretty of the issue. Three, great three, <laughs> yeah. great three, phenomenal three. And, and you can probably work it out. You probably work it out. But that's something to take into consider. Like, do we think the KD trade hindered the Suns? Probably not, considering it's Kevin Durant. But they had to get rid of Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. And, and all their picks. And all their picks. So it hinders. Yeah, Phoenix is in kind of a tough spot right now. Yeah, they are. So I don't know. I mean, I like the thought. If you have any other trade ideas, I mean, uh, I'd be love to hear them. 
that's the one that really like made my eyes kind of what not even like oh my gosh i want to do that just like we can get a lot three, you'd feel six, good about and 11 that. and jalen suggs and like just three six and 11 that's good. like that could be a thompson brother you know that could be the, the kid from houston um right mm-hmm. that could be a lot that could be some interesting Ferris i don't want to go that route like i've said it's mm-hmm. just a peek under the curtain no no it's yeah we would the, the return that we would get for dame would be I mean, he would be helping us a lot considering we would get so many draft picks. Yeah. And I, I think one I was I was kind of interested in is um, the Miami route because obviously, like Tyler said, that's that's been quite a buzz because Dame on a podcast already talked about it. You know, that, that would be a place he would really enjoy going if he did have to leave. Um, and I don't mean to be pessimistic about Dame's long-term future, but if we did trade him to Miami, I think there's a really interesting package there where you okay. get their picks, you know, basically from like 2025, maybe 26, and then seven, eight, nine, you know, I guess you can't mm-hmm. trade consecutive, but some package of picks there mm-hmm. um, in their future first round because Jimmy and Dame are both 32-ish, somewhere in mm-hmm. that range. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, whether we keep Dame or not, we're talking, like Cam mentioned, three or four years, it could be two or three. Um, his shooting will always make him relevant, but we're talking about like the 30 point per game scoring, scoring mm-hmm. level, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a scenario there in my head, similar again to what Oklahoma city's done here where Kawhi and Paul George with their injury history could be, could be done being superstars a lot quicker than we think, mm-hmm. um, where we cash in now on Miami, uh, and, and kind of stack those picks. And then at the same time. If Dame's not playing for Portland, we're all heart- heartbroken. But I would be happy to root for him on Miami. He's, he's got to go to the East. Yes. Yeah, can't be in the West. That that's a fact. Um, one thing I was curious about, you know, around the keep Dame scenario and uh, trade the pick is the fact that you would basically be signing up for like the Kobe Bryant deal. I think, in my opinion, at that point, where we're going to give it two, three, four more shots, whatever you can get out of Dame there. But then you're basically saying, and we'll sign you, you know, to kind of stay here the rest of your career because at 35 or 36, there's not value, you know, there anymore. I wouldn't imagine maybe a trade deadline. You can squeeze out something because they need a good shooting point guard. Does mm-hmm. that, does that part, I, I know we've already kind of touched on it. Does that worry any of you? Or again, is it kind of like, let's just figure it out later and take these shots and then just see where the cards fall at that point in time. Because I do think if we're if we're taking a if I'm the GM anywhere else, you're like, that's that's a really scary idea is the fact that you could end up with two second round appearances, maybe a Western Conference finals and then no value left in your assets um, by the end of the the term, because you'd also <laughs> be assuming you're, you're trading for someone um, unless you get a Zion or Jalen Brown, maybe who's also I guess Bridges, too. There's there's good options, but you're really kind of trading for someone who's a win now player themselves. So you'd be left with a pretty empty cabinet, uh, you know, by the end of this thing, if we do decide to trade the third pick. Yeah. Uh, good. That doesn't, go ahead. Well, I mean, we can bank on Shaden being a stud. Hopefully whoever we trade for is. We younger. can hope. We can yeah, hope. I, know. I don't I bank on it. Still, still bold. No, no, no. Yeah. Hope. Sorry. Hope. I mean, this, this is, I'm thinking of any positives here. <laughs> hope on Shaden being a stud and then whoever you're trading for so most of the options seem like they're fairly young so and then like how old is kyle lowry 
Does anyone know? Yeah, is I he mid thirties? He's washed. Whatever he is. Yeah, I mean, but he played some decent minutes uh, in the he finals. Might be my least favorite player in the. NBA oh, I, right I hate now. him too because of the way he. Thirty seven. Thirty seven. Oh God. Oh, wow. um, there, I'd like to a, think Dame will age better than Kyle Lowry. Exactly. That's what I'm looking <laughs> at. But, I mean, yeah. yeah how is Dame going to age? Like, it's – I guess to answer Connor's question, it's like it doesn't scare me, but it's like how is he going to age? Like, we see what's happening with Chris Paul. Like, you know, it's right. just going to be really interesting to see. And not scary, but it's like you, it, you, if, if this is the route we take, you're kind of forced to think ahead to that. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you brought up the Kobe scenario, like – it was kind of sad watching Kobe those last couple right. of years. It was. We, we could very well be in that situation and we wouldn't have the ability to get LeBron in free agency. You know, we wouldn't have the ability to do that. And so our rebuild, I mean, like you just mentioned, those three years when they were bad and he was playing, it was depressing. Like it's yeah. really depressing. And we are staring down the barrel of that. Um, but again, the hope of course would be that the three or four years we have coming up are, really fun and you kind of have to keep that in perspective if that's the side of the thing but don't you think there was still like I think I mean I don't know I'm not a Lakers guy I've never put much thought into this but didn't Kobe have a little bit of maybe not the last year but the last you know the two years leading up to that didn't he have a little bit of value where it was like there probably was something there but at that point it's like Kobe's done what he's done it's probably more valuable for him to just stay a Laker because he already has the championships and then go try to ring chase. Yeah, yeah. the team was already bad. They were they were getting like D'Lo, Ingram, Julius Randle. They were they were shunning D'Lo. No one could talk to him. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> when he filmed uh, Nick Young in the locker room. Oh yeah. god, that was so funny. <laughs> Not a great move. Not a great no. move there. No. Um, Kyle, on the you know on the different perspective here if you're joe cronin um so take out kind of your fandom now this is your job okay you're just you've got to decide for the future of your own job does that change the way you view the scenario or do you think it's still the same way because what i'm hearing from you is if you know like if you're the gm you believe you can contend with the trade here um so i'm curious if that changes you the perspective if you know you're now on the line it's it's (laughs) It's boom or bust, and and if it doesn't work, you're probably losing your role. Um, how how do you um, interpret that perspective? Yeah, I don't know because, like, I want to say it doesn't change it. It doesn't change my perspective, but it's so hard to answer that because are we under the assumption that like the trades that I think would be, uh, could be on the table are on the table? Because to me, it's entirely about like you know, what's out there, like in, in terms of what other teams are willing to trade. Um, Let's say you could get know. anything that's maybe not anything, but most of what's rumored. So you could, you could pull off what's being rumored right now in a trade. Yeah. And then, then no, I don't think it would change anything. I mean, I think if you pulled a lot of Blazer fans, they would say that they would want Dame to retire here. And I think they would be willing to sacrifice those last few years of him, maybe not being the best player for, like you said, three or four years of contending. To, you know, I do think that like Dame can still be like so like he's never going to be playing to the value of his contract when he's that old, right? Because he's going to be getting paid so much money. I do still think like you know he he's a good shooter, he's a good leader. Like there's still some value he could have to your team. It just wouldn't match the amount of money he's getting paid. 
Right. So not 60 uh, million. That's a long winded way of saying that, like, I would still risk it because, you know, again, before we got this three pick, I think that was the that's what all Blazer fans wanted was to do anything to get a to give Damian Lillard a chance. Um, and so I kind of stick with that. I'm sticking with that same mindset, I guess. Yeah. And, and I asked that question because, you know, thinking of being in a spot of a GM, oh. it's more beneficial in my point of view, if I'm Cronin, to take the pick because it signs you up for a bunch of years. Yeah. Of yeah. Right. When you, when you rebuild, no one gets mad at you for losing. Um, <laughs> and so I'm curious if that's going to play into the decision. You have to think it, you know, everyone's looking out for themselves first. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm curious if that is playing into his decision. Obviously, no way to know. Uh, but I think uh, he probably has less allegiance to Blazer fans than he does his own career. Uh, but and what would you say, Connor? Like the percentage of us using the pick versus not using the pick? Because like, if you were to ask me that question, I still think like there's. I would say it's seventy five percent chance we use the pick versus trade the pick because I have a feeling that. Cronin has in his mind, or like I guess the organization has in their mind, like these are the trades we would do, and this is how much we're willing to give up. And if we don't get to those offers, then we're just going to take the pick. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think, like I would, t- I would answer that question on his behalf. Would be like, I'm basically like I've set my threshold for like what we're going to get, and if those don't exist, then it's not valuable enough, and I just take the pick, and I can move on with my career as a GM here in Portland. But if those do those really good trades do happen to exist and he does them and all of a sudden the whole organization's like, yeah, of course we would do that trade. Why would we not get Jalen Brown for Anthony Simons and the number three pick, assuming you extend him kind of thing. It's right. You know, I, 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 I don't know. Does that make no, sense? That's a great point. Yeah. And Cam, I'm, I'm going to kick that to you in terms of, do you think Cronin has a threshold on both sides, whether it be Dame, whether it be what we could get for number three, like value wise? Or do you think he's truly like we're working with Dame, like he's put out in the media? I mean, I hope I hope there's a threshold both ways that you can only you can only hope so because <clears throat> I think the worst for me the worst case scenario is I look at my phone and I get an update and it is Blazers trade number three pick and we're not satisfied. You know, I think that that is the worst case scenario. And right. I think I, I agree. I, I wouldn't say 75, 25. I think it's more 50, 50 on if they trade it, if they keep it. Um, and I think it has less to do with Cronin. I think it has less to do with the Blazers organization. I think it has to do with the rest of the league. Like I really think they have a threshold they have. And I, th- and I think Dame's on board with that. Like, I think he's a smart enough guy. That's like, Hey, I get it. If we're not going to get a, B, C or D, you know, we can't just trade this pick. Like Dame knows that. Dame knows we're not trading this for for OG and Anobi. Like right. he knows we're not. He knows. So I don't know. I just I, I think if in my mind that's the worst case scenario is we trade the pick and we're sitting here like trying to turn pennies into a dollar somehow. Where it's just like, yeah. Well, the same it, same thing we've kind of done the last couple of years through like free agency with Whiteside. Yeah. You know, and like someone said earlier, like we've got to pick a route. We have to pick her out one way or the other, and hopefully it's with Dane. I think we all agree with that. But I think the Blazers' front office does have some sort of threshold. I mean, we didn't trade all those first-round picks for OG or, or that was going to be yeah. shading at the draft last year. We didn't freak out at this last trade deadline when we are like, we got to do something. What are we going to do? It turns out we just 
you know, trade Hart, acquire more assets, get another first round pick from the Knicks, you know, gearing up for this here moment, fellas. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, I do, I, I, I trust, I mean, it could, it could be anyone at GM, but I trust Cronin right now. And hopefully yeah. we get the most out of that pick. Cause you're right. We, we trade that pick on Twitter and it's for, some crappy return we're getting roasted on Twitter. We're all just going to be so upset. Everyone's going to be killing us. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing you want to see. Right. Oh, and then can I ask a question to you boys? Yeah. Because it's been asking a lot in our group chat and we don't really have much other information to go off of since last season, but like Paul especially is, you know, pretty anti Chauncey and doesn't really trust our coaching staff, whether we keep the pick or trade the pick. How are we feeling that way do we trust our coaching staff to get it done either way for me that's a it's still tough i haven't been the biggest fan so far but it's also been really tough because he's tanked both of his seasons the second half of the season we don't even know really what he does with a roster like beginning of the year we were actually pretty good it was probably it was a little inflated because we did win a, a strange amount of close games in the first like 25 like more than you should. Um, But at the same time, you know, after every all-star break, we've won what four games two years ago. And then like seven last year, it felt like not many. Um, And so it's hard to analyze a coach when he's playing with like a roster of players. (laughs) They're critiquing his defensive schemes and Drew Eubanks is our starting center. And I think I know. all of us on this podcast love Drew Eubanks. You cannot Absolutely. love not, you cannot not love Drew Eubanks. He's an awesome. I want guy. him back as our backup. I want him back. <laughs> I, I do. I just love having him on the team. But Third like, string. I think he knows yeah. he is not a starting center in the league, and so it's like, I just don't understand the criticism cut his way. It's like Chachi's not showing any ability to to do this or that. I'm like to Connor's point, we literally have a G League roster on the floor. Like, yes. what do you want to see here? We're not wanting to win. So that I, was it's, my it, point it at the end of last unfair. year. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying I think Chauncey is an amazing coach. Like, it's yet to be seen, I think, is really the the, the way I would answer that question. And so I wouldn't I'm fire him bad. until he's had the opportunity to actually try and win. Paul, and I, Paul is so funny. He just talks with so much conviction. Like, oh, yeah, Chauncey's done. He's dead. <laughs> he can't coach in the league. It's like, Paul, you couldn't even dribble a basketball, bro. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, anyone who says Chauncey's not the answer, it's like, there's no – and maybe he's not like, I think we all agree. Maybe. Here. But there's, yeah, there's no way to tell what, you know, there's so many more important issues that we've got to think about right now before is Chauncey our guy. Like if we get a good roster, that's going to, that question will answer itself. Right. You know? Yeah. But there's no way anyone who's like fire Chauncey, he's not the answer. It's like, dude, chill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I do think there's something to be said throughout the whole NBA, you know, franchises get really quick to replace coaches when things start going wrong. But you see, I mean, Spolster is the best example of it. Granted, a lot of the success came when LeBron was there, obviously, but you know, he had two or three really bad years in Miami before the, the heatles came to be. And then since then is now regarded as, you know, outside of pop, probably the best coach in basketball. Mm-hmm. You see like Joe Missoula this year um, looked terrible. He looked terrible, but, I guarantee next year, better assistant coaching staff with him, a year of experience, a year to review kind of where he went wrong. Just like players, you're going to see development coaches. Yeah. And so until we can have that moment of like, 
if we have a good roster and he's god awful, okay, great. You know, obviously it's been proven. Yes. And there is a good chance that's the case. I, I think we all agree here, though. It's just really hard to tell with the product we've been putting onto the court. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to say I wouldn't like Terry Stotts back, though. I, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, dude. I think, I think it hurts looking back. It's like that guy at least knew how to scheme really well. Like, he, yeah. I think he was a big part of those successful teams, granted, better rosters. Back, really back in Milwaukee. Rosters. Oh, is he there as an assistant? assistant yeah, head, yeah, head assistant, head assistant. Or main, yeah, head assistant in Milwaukee. No more seeing him at Wilco, Tyler. Sorry. No, God, that's a great story. <laughs> um, but I guess uh, kind of wrapping up here, or first let me let me go to you guys. Do you have any uh, topics you want to hit on that we haven't, haven't kind of discussed yet? No, so blazer focused. We hadn't talked since maybe a couple weeks ago when everything was still fresh and all these new rumors came out, so – it's a nice little therapy session, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah, two, I two, two quick questions to wrap up here. Um, first off, what are you guys going to do to relieve your stress over the next eight days? Because I don't know about you. It's hard to, it's really hard to think about anything else. And well, Ken and I are both getting married here this year. And so that's not a good thing to say. <laughs> <out loud. laughs> yeah. Hang on. Connor and I are getting married on the same day. That's right. Oh. September 9th. And we've had multiple people come to our house and they, you know, they see you and Tessa's invite on the fridge and stuff. And they're like, you guys are so dumb. Why would you plan on the same day as your friend? It's like, have you ever tried to plan a wedding? Yeah. Like you're not at the mercy of your day. It's like, we were like 14th on a wait list and it somehow fell to us. And we're like, yeah, but I will say I had a gut feeling right when we booked it. I was like, I feel like. I don't know why, but I texted our little group chat with Tessa and, and Kristen and Anna and Kyle. And I was like, we just picked a date and I said it. And I just knew somehow that Tessa was going to be like, that's our date. Yeah, I know. No. Hey, we'll, we'll look back at it as a fun story. We're like getting, we're like brothers getting married on the same day. Yep. It's, it's a beautiful yep. story. Uh, Gorgeous. But what will you be doing? Is it, is it uh, drinking, exercise? Um, it's, it's drinking it's exercise I mean, <laughs> what a, come on now so saturday fishing derby beers fishing fun that's what i'm doing okay that's a good way fishing to derby I've yeah, it's, i think fishing it's derby for the i think it's father's out. day i of course know but for those who for the people who don't it? know connor it's you know we got three boats out here we're going to get on the twalton river um obviously fish catch one fish that counts as one point and you drink beers that counts as one point so beers oh, count wow. all beer can stay in the boat so usually that's insane. You got a couple guys focusing on the beers, a couple focusing on the fish, and then you're just having a good time. Tyler knows I mean, his role. Oh, <laughs> my role is firmly the beer guy. <laughs> are, are you, uh, is your team the heavy favorites? I am um, honestly no. A couple of my cousins and their and his wife's brother is a tank and a good oh, fisher man. that helps. So he's doing both. So we're, we're, we come, we come right there in the middle. Okay. But plus, two, I am, plus 200 money wise. Yes. For, for all the loyal listeners, most of them being our family, I am meeting my sister Tana's boyfriend for the first time this weekend. Does he his, have to ooh. participate in the Derby? He will be participating in the oh, Derby. His name guy. is his name is Chester. Isn't and, he massive, like jacked? Probably, but I'll still kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah eat it chester so any, any helpful hints you know maybe conversation starters or something let me know because i'm nervous 
It's all in the handshake. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm not. Yeah, I was gonna say. It's all in the handshake. I like that. Tyler, I'm just staring his eyes. The way you play this first one is you just don't talk until he talks to you. You just, you. Oh, you talking to me? Yeah. And then once he talks to you, you just be really your normal nice self. But until then, you just glare at. Oh yeah, you want to hit start a single conversation. Tyler, odds are, odds are you hit him with the the John Hancock, where you go in for the handshake and then the middle finger just does a little wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I'm definitely gonna pull just that immediately. Be like, hey, what's just this guy all about? Tickle yeah. the inside of his palm. Just let him know. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, Kyle and Cam, since since we're probably not gonna beat Tyler's stress relief with the fishing derby, uh, question for you both back on the Blazers to end it here. Do you think there's any question that you would wait till we're on the clock to make any sort of a deal for the pick? What, what's your perspective on that? Um, do you think there's value added by waiting till you're on the clock with teams getting desperate? And Tyler, feel free to chime in as well. Just curious I'll chime in about at the, end. the scenario. Like, do you think that adds value in terms of like maybe a team panics or gets a little desperate and it's like, now's our chance. But then there's also maybe that flip side of, Oh, we wanted Scoot. He went to. Now we're kind of out, um, and so Blazers are like backed into making the pick. Yeah, e- even I'm if that 90, wasn't. Their I'm ninety nine percent sure that they won't make a move until they're on the clock because other teams won't have their offers in until they know who's available. So no one's gonna like New Orleans isn't get offering us a trade package until they know Scoot's on because it sounds like That's they're only point. interested in Scoot. That's a great point. So like the, if we had two then I think it'd be a different answer, right? Because then those teams would know like, okay, we can get whoever we want. That's not Wemby. But because we're not, I'm pretty sure. My guess is that they will have talked to all these teams and it will be like, okay, if Scoot Henderson falls to you guys, this is the offer we're willing to give you guys. And then when when they're on the clock, that will kind of, that will be the, the time to make the decision. Cam, if you're, if you're in that war room and like Kyle said, you've kind of pre-discussed the deals, you know who they want. Now you're on the clock and they're there. Do you have the uh, do you have the testicular fortitude then to go back and say, <laughs> you know what, we need a little more? Yeah, I mean, I think to the original question, there's I think there's three deals that the Blazers do before they're on the clock, and really two because one of those I have is Zion, and to Kyle's point, Pelicans aren't offering anything until they know a scoop. That's especially not Zion. Yeah, yeah, they're going after scoop. So the two deals that I do before we're on the clock is if we can somehow get the Nets to come back down to earth and there's Bridges and Claxton involved. Um, long shot, I don't think it happens. And then the other deal that I do before we're on the clock is a Jalen Brown deal. Other than that, you gotta you gotta hold your hands. You gotta see you, you gotta see who's desperate. You gotta see who comes flying in with something we haven't even thought of. Um, and I, I I'm fully confident. Like I said earlier, I think teams are gonna get desperate. Whether it's Miller, whether it's Scoot, I think the desperation will be more if it's Scoot. But I think it'd be fun to be in that war room, man. Oh, God. It'd be awesome. It'd be I, so awesome. I can't lie. I'm like, I already have like that pit in my stomach about how nervous I'm going to be for that five minutes. Like as a fan, just watching, like I am going to be stressing out during the Blazers pick. Well, it's, there's so much. I mean. You got Charlotte. Our future's in the balance, Tyler. In five <laughs> minutes, we're gonna. In five minutes, our future will be decided. Where are we gonna be watching this, boys? And we're do. We got a live pot, it right? I know. Yeah, you know who'd be? We almost. 
if if Paul Sheffield is available, he would maybe be electric on there. <laughs> We're definitely live potting, that's for sure. But I, I just I'm already nervous for those five minutes. I think every second is gonna feel like an hour. And have you guys it's gonna seen, be so scary? Have you seen the rumors too that like MJ is asking like the world from these teams for the number two pick. So maybe the teams aren't willing to trade with Charlotte. And then that allows us to pick whether it be Miller available or Scoot. I mean, there's so many different, I mean, yeah. Well, and that's, that's honestly MJ. It all, it all hinders on Charlotte, right? Like what if yeah. New Orleans just moves up and just goes and gets Scoot right there. And then it's just kind of like, all right, we're taking the pick and moving on. Yeah. And obviously MJ hasn't, been the best owner in the world um, during arguably the worst are i don't even know if it's arguable i mean you have robert robert sarver and the the guy from the clippers who we all hate um yeah they both got shunned from the league yeah those they might be worse but uh no you are exactly right and i think the thing with charlotte though is why would they trade it like they they suck and they they need young talent i know they don't even have pieces right so there's no point in them getting anyone that's like a proven player at this point in time unless they're kidding themselves that Lamelo and miles bridges coming back and whoever the hell else they have is is gonna work out what a roller coaster yeah yeah exactly i'm not a lamello i mean lamello's fun to watch but i don't think he's a winning player by any means no that they were thinking about scoop just because lamello's injury history and this they don't really trust him it sounds like yeah i wouldn't either i'd I'd probably restart and deal lamello if i could um but you know i have one rule and that's when you start talking about the charlotte hornets and it's time to wrap it up Um, that's a good one (laughs) good rule it's a it's a it's one i've always lived by Uh, for cam kyle tyler and myself we will talk to you next week during the live pod draft let's see what the blazers do the future is in the balance here in rip city boys i'm nervous but i can't wait to see which route we pick me too. The most exciting offseason we've had in wow. decades. Let's do it. Let's do it. All righty. Thanks, boys. Peace. 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 A three wins the series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off. Lillard got it.